sit and join the shade. Brought to you by Habitation Furnishing and Design in St. Louis Park. I'm your host, Gregory Rich, and I'm going to help you kill your Sunday early evening with some booze and conversation with a guest from the world of interior design or architecture or art or some such associated industry while enjoying a cocktail created by our good friend Jordan Morris from Mill Valley Kitchen. Jordan, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much, sir. A pleasure to have you as always. Our guest this evening is Miss Crystal Gillis, the manager at Designer Rehab in St. Louis Park. Crystal, welcome to Drink in the Style. Thank you. Glad to be here. I think you're going to have a great time. In full disclosure, Designer Rehab is uh, part of the Habitation organization uh, and the uh, store that is going to be specializing in closeout clearance, consignment, and trade-in merchandise. Um, and Crystal is the uh, the manager of that space. So this is an all-habitation, all-the-time broadcast. <laughs> Fair dis- full disclosure, we, we, we're, we're above board on that. Looking forward to it. Outstanding. All right. So, Crystal, obviously we know each other. We work together often, uh, pretty much daily. Um, and, uh, and I know you have a go-to cocktail, the margarita. What is it about the margarita that works for you? Because it's sweet and tart, and I like to look at myself as that way. Ah. (laughs) You were working on that, weren't you? Yes, I was. That's an excellent line. Sweet and tart. All right. Well, sweet and tart is fantastic. I love the margarita as well, but due to some technical difficulties for which I take total responsibility, we are not having a margarita, Um, which I know disappoints you tremendously, but instead, we're going to do a martini. Yes, and we're going to dive into what makes a good classic martini and the perfect gin martini today and the perfect and gin is the go-to for a martini a vodka martini is fine i love vodka but if you're having a martini a martini should be gin as the lord god intended i believe in genesis third day (laughs) yes yes and created plants shrubberies clovers and the martini Exactly. And I mean, there's there's no wrong answer when it comes to what you like. And that's the bottom line. We're, we'll talk about, you know, the classics and what makes, you know, uh, in my opinion and, and a lot of bartenders' opinion, the perfect martini. But it's it's really all about what you like. And when it comes to wine pairings, food pairings, how you like your martini, shaken, stirred with olive juice, gin, vodka, you can't go wrong if that's what you like. But we're going to talk a little bit about the classics here today. Which is, uh, which is what I absolutely love. You know, it's funny. My parents insist that gin makes for an angry drunk. And I just don't believe that. Gin is... I just love gin. And it just makes me so angry when they insult it. <laughs> right. Well, it's funny. Everybody likes to use an excuse for a certain spirit. Like, oh, whiskey makes me angry. Or, oh, I can't... You know, I'm no good on a tequila drunk. It's, well, it's all alcohol. You're just using that as an excuse for your bad behavior the night before. Absolutely okay. true. Or the worst of all is when somebody says, oh, I can't drink tequila. It made me so sick. At, you know, when I was in college. And you know what? I mean, I kind of get that to a certain extent. There's a Pavlovian response associated mm-hmm. with this. But the fact is that it was your mistake, and you shouldn't be blaming the tequila. It's completely blameless in this circumstance. Right. You agree? I agree. It's funny you say that because I had that incident with whiskey. So I don't drink whiskey anymore either. Yeah. Really? All right. Well, you need to give up your grudge against whiskey and understand that, you know, it's no point in blaming the harmless or the, sh- or the, the, the guiltless. That's right. All right. Well, nevertheless, we're going to be working on a martini, and you're going to create a perfect martini. Before you get started, Mm -hmm. explain one thing to me, because this question comes up from time to time. The term perfect Mm -hmm. relative to a cocktail. Well, there's a couple cocktails out there, um, like a perfect Manhattan, and that's referencing a very specific um, way to make it with, say, vermouth. combination of sweet and dry vermouth. When I'm using the word perfect martini, I'm just saying this is the right way. Um, it's a little bit of a, a flag in the uh, sand there, just saying this is the way it should be done. So it's not technically uh, the name for this specific martini, but this is by um, my opinion and a lot of other opinions out there, the right way to make a martini. So perfect with a small p, yes. meaning this is perfect, not perfect with a capital P, which is part of the name of the drink Correct. that defines what's in it. Mm-hmm. Ah, see? Punctuation, capitalization, all very important. Yep. Take us away. How are you going to put together this perfect martini? All right. Very simple cocktail here. And we're going to be starting with the best uh, spirits we can because it's a very uh, simple ingredients here. We've got gin. And today we're using Far North Spirits um, Solvai Gin. 
which this is my first time trying it. We just had a little sip before the show started to, to get us in the mood here. And it's fantastic. It's coming from Minnesota, like I said. And I'd like to read the, the back here real quick because they, they're really taking the craft seriously. So fourth generation farmers reclaiming the craft of distilling. Solvay Gin is born of rye grown on our family farm. Thyme, grapefruit, juniper, and other botanicals are individually distilled, creating a bright and fresh gin with the softness and depth of an early summer rain. I read the back of that in the liquor store on the way over here today, and I knew I had to get it because I had to try this. Here, and here. it's in a really cool white bottle, and we're going to be mixing that with a good dry vermouth. We've got Dolan dry vermouth here, and that's essentially it. And then we're just going to be perfuming the glass uh, with our garnish, which is a lemon peel, which is very classic of the gin martini. And the biggest thing we're doing here is talking about the technique. So one, buy the right stuff. Two, um, we're going to be stirring this cocktail. So I know James Bond likes his shaken, not but stirred. not stirred. There's a couple reasons why um, he likes his, or at least a couple theories why anyways. But um, the one I like to reference is in Casino Royale, where he wanted it shaken to over-dilute it, because to really melt that ice and serve it in a larger glass to give the perception that he was drinking a lot more than he actually was to have his opponents let down their guard a little bit and use that to his advantage. So diluting, uh, so so James Bond, little sleight of hand. Exactly. That guy could really hold his booze, but when he made it extra diluted and looked like he was drinking a lot more, he could pretend to be a little drunk and get away with some, some sleight of hand at the poker table and... Interesting. Have you ever done an experiment? Have you seen the the quantity differentiation oh, between sure. shaking and absolutely? Yeah. Uh, a sh I mean, shaking a cocktail is very it's very violent and it dilutes very quickly. The ice breaks down, and that's also why you get very cloudy. It's all that uh, ice particles. So, real quick before we run out of time in this segment. So, again, very important. We want a very cold drink. So, I've got ice in my cocktail glass. I'm going to empty that now. I want a cold glass, and I also have been chilling my mixing glass. I'm going to empty the ice there as well. And I like, in my martinis, a 5 to 1 ratio. So I'm going to do 2.5 ounces of gin. Okay. There we go. And a half ounce of the dry vermouth. Now, that's a good deal of vermouth uh, relative to the way I make my martinis, yes. which is just, I mean, if you talk about a dry martini, you know, wave the bottle over the top of the gin and hope for the best. Exactly. Some just like a little bit of a rinse just to get a little bit of that perfume. This is kind of a, a great classic way to start. And then again, if you like it a little bit more, with a little bit more vermouth, please go ahead, or a little less. So now I've got my chilled glass with my vermouth and gin. And I'm going to give it a nice gentle stir. About 20 good seconds here. So, you know, that's not a lot of time. I mean, a shaken martini, I generally would be shaking it back and forth for at least that long until the ice builds up on the outside of the uh, shaker. But you are the mix, master mixologist. And again, it's all about preference. We're going to give you one good way to make one. Um, they also say that when you're shaking uh, your gin, you're incorporating a lot of air and bruising the botanicals, creating a potentially bitter flavor. I'm not sh quite sure about all that, but I do like a really crystal clear martini. So I've given that a good stir. Gently pour it into our glass. We've got a crystal clear, ice-cold cocktail. We're going to garnish with a lemon peel lemon peel, excuse me, and we're going to squeeze that over the top of the glass, rub the rim, drop it in and enjoy. It's beautiful. All right. We're going to go to break. We'll be back in just a moment. Dancing at you. Kevin Ross here, inviting you to our brand new store called Ambibulous. What does Ambibulous mean? It means one who enjoys alcoholic beverages of all sorts. Ambibulous is a Minnesota maker's market. Unlike traditional liquor stores, we feature only craft beer, wine, and spirits made here in Minnesota. We are ready to guide your selections where you can build your own four or six packs. Find us at 949 Hennepin Avenue East in Northeast Minneapolis or online at ambibulousmn.com. Hi, Gregory Rich, owner of Habitation Furnishing and Design and host of Drink in the Style right here on AM 950. Hey, I've only got a few seconds, so here's the deal. Habitation is the coolest furniture store in town. Not only have we got some of the most exceptional furniture in the cities, but in many cases, Habitation can offer you store credit on your existing furniture. Stop in, talk to one of our designers, and let us help you make your home exceptional. Habitation Furnishing and Design, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. 
Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces is having their annual service special. Every stove, insert, and fireplace needs maintenance. Get it done now and save $40. You'll be ready to fire up before the cold weather hits again. From 94, take the Riverside Avenue exit and go east to 2901 Franklin Avenue. See the Twin Cities' most diverse selection of clean-burning, reliable, and environmentally smart stoves and fireplaces. Hi, I'm Peter Solak, owner of Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces. Have you ever watched your dog or cat curl up in front of a fire? Like a Norman Rockwell painting brought to life, it's primordial the way fire touches both the animal and the human. We have the equipment and the know-how to supply, install, and maintain stoves and fireplaces. Call us at 612-338-6606 and take advantage of our spring cleaning and maintenance special. We are online at woodlandstoves.com. The mission and the passion of Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces is to make the fire work for you. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, out of the ordinary products and services since 1977. Did you know that Habitation Furnishing and Design has the area's largest selection of Noir and CFC furniture? Are you familiar with them? I once had a customer describe Noir as a cross between restoration hardware and Beetlejuice. I love that. And CFC, bench-made furniture out of the heart of California, is definitionally cool. In any event, check out the lines at NoirFurnitureLA.com and then swing into the store and check them out in person. Habitation Furnishing and Design, one mile east of Highway 100 on Excelsior Boulevard. Brending Electrolysis on Grand Avenue in St. Paul has been a leader in permanent hair removal for people of all skin types and backgrounds for over 30 years, celebrating diversity and priding themselves on finding the right treatment plan for each client's individual needs, regardless of race or gender. Services include electrolysis, body waxing, facials, microneedling, and permanent makeup. Book your 60-minute complimentary consultation, including a 15-minute treatment today, for beautiful, lasting results. Visit BrendingElectrolysis.com. Here from the old razzle-dazzle, razzle-dazzle. Here from an act with lots of flashing and the reaction. Welcome back. Drink in the Style, brought to you by Minneapolis's coolest furnishing store and design studio, Habitation Furnishing and Design in St. Louis Park. I'm your host, Gregory Rich, and our guest this evening is Crystal Gillis, manager of Designer Rehab, and we are enjoying a martini, a perfect martini with a lowercase p. Um... As we, uh, as we were mentioning in the first segment of the show, uh, uh, Crystal's preferred cocktail is a margarita, but she is uh, she's going to try a little hard, hard liquor this, uh, this evening. So give it a try, and, uh, and, and those of us, or those of you who are watching on Facebook can look at the facial expression. It's pure joy. It's delight. It's, it's, it's restrained joy. It's, it's okay. <laughs> it's moderate toleration. All right, fair enough. Well, I think this actually is really, really good. And in between uh, segments, Jordan and I were talking about uh, the olive because I would have assumed and I have always assumed that an olive is the proper garnish for a martini. Every martini, and I have drunk probably thousands of martinis in my life, would have a default olive in it. But, Jordan, you were saying that an olive works better with a vodka martini rather than gin. Personally, again, uh, like I mentioned in the first segment, it's all about your personal preference. You know, martinis are a very customizable cocktail. Uh, when we're talking about uh, celebrating the botanicals of the gin and the dry vermouth, uh, it's my opinion that a lemon peel goes very well um, to accentuate those those kind of uh, brighter botanicals, whereas a vodka martini uh, does not have much uh, flavor of its on its own. Uh, a lot of times, people prefer their martinis with no vermouth if they're going with vodka. Um, some with a little bit, but generally, it's not a very botanical drink with vodka martinis. So then you drop in maybe a little olive brine or an actual olive garnish to really kind of pump up that flavor. And I think that, in my opinion, goes much better. And kicking it in as a dirty martini, if you're mm -hmm. adding the brine, how much? would you traditionally put into a... I go up to a half an ounce of, of olive brine. That's a lot. It's, yeah, a quarter to a half ounce for my my taste. Fair enough. And would you ever, or if somebody comes up and orders a gin martini mm -hmm. dirty, are you are you 
quietly behind the scenes shaming that person? No. And, you know, there's we say this is the perfect martini or we might have ways we like to do things. But the bottom line is we're in the hospitality industry. We just want you to come in and, and be taken care of. There's only there's limits to what we can do, but we can definitely swap out a spirit for you or add a little olive brine to your cocktail. Same thing with food. Yes, we, uh, you know, like to be chef driven and creative. But if we can make a little modification for you to, to keep you coming back and enjoying your day, that's what we're here to do. You're really in the pleasure business. You mm-hmm. are there to make people enjoy themselves. Absolutely. We well, sell good feelings at Mill Valley Kitchen. <laughs> You're going to trademark that yeah. right away. Right away. <laughs> you know, I also want to point out that this is just really, really good vod- or, uh, gin. I mean, this Solvi, which I have never tried before, and it's, by the way, it's spelled S-O-L-V-E-I-G, which is, I can't imagine what language, there's no upside down silent D in it, but otherwise there are a lot of letters that are not necessary. Well, I can definitely tell you it's distilled in Halleck, Minnesota, pronounced, pronounced, or spelled H-A-L-L-O-C-K, Minnesota. All right. Well, whatever, wherever it comes from and whatever it is, this gets really high marks because, honestly, this is a really... Bright is a good word to describe it. It mm-hmm. is a very bright, pronounced gin. And that's the cool thing about gins. I know it's not a, the flavor profile for everybody because it, it does you know, bring with it a lot of character, uh, whereas good vodka is generally is going to be very tasteless. And that's the whole identity of vodka is to be smooth and tasteless. Legally speaking, it can have no discernible flavor. Exactly. Whereas gin, you can get, have lots of fun with it. It's typically going to be caraway, um, excuse me, um, juniper juniper forward. Mm -hmm. Um, unlike it's caraway, uh, cousin aquavit but beyond that there's lots of different uh ways to go about it some distill with all of their botanicals kind of in one bunch some will make kind of different batches with different different botanicals and then blend them so there's a, a big art to what uh people are doing with their gins i'll tell you it is uh, it's a lot of fun gin is underrated and partially because people don't know what to do with it because it has a distinct flavor and you don't know what to necessarily mix in you're not going to throw it in with a coke or something like you might do with vodka that would be a nightmare so it's almost an independent drink it's so utterly you know flavor forward that mm-hmm. you have to all right well we've got some alcohol in our system which is absolutely wonderful so let's do a little icebreaker and bring you into the conversation here crystal okay. all right i got a question for you sure random question out of nowhere ready sure what fad do you wish would come back disco really yeah <laughs> here's the reason why i love to dance but my husband will only dance at Slow dances. So I'm always telling people to invite me to weddings because in that way I can dance in some form. If disco came back, I could dance with myself, my girlfriend, and whoever else I want to. So disco. Do you have some trademark disco moves? Saturday Night Live. (laughs) Saturday Night Fever. 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 Yes, indeed. Saturday Night Fever. Yes. Yeah, I can kind of picture you in a white suit. (laughs) I actually had a white jumpsuit. Did you really? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> I actually did. Later, we're going to be talking about furniture consignment, and I'm suddenly so relieved that we're not in, in clothing consignment, hmm. uh, because that would be an interesting jumpsuit. That would jumpsuit. be, would it? <laughs> How about you, Jordan? What do you think? About disco? No, any fad. If you could have a fad oh. come back, what would it be? My. Probably the little beanie hats with the spinning propeller on top, something along those lines. Let's see. You know, let's, let's circle back around. I was unprepared for this question. Every now and then. See, Every now and then, you get to me. You, being behind the bar, I thought you guys had lightning quick reflexes on conversation. Well, I'm, I'm the, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. That's, that's my <laughs> style of bartending. I, I'm in the background making up cocktails or playing with the menu or doing payroll. Um, so this, I'm working on my, my upfront personality here. As general manager, you are the nuts and the bolts and everything else. But yeah, uh, I've, I've got a couple front men that, that really tantalize everybody with, with conversation. Let me hit you with another question then, Chris. Are you ready? Okay. All right, what skill do you wish you had? Oh, this one is near and dear to my heart. I wish I could back up the truck with the fishing boat. <laughs> <laughs> I love to go fishing. As a child, I used to hate it with my dad because I thought it was boring. But as I've gotten... 
younger, I've enjoyed fishing. It's very peaceful and soothing, but my husband won't take me because he has to multitask. So, uh, you know, all right. So I happen to live right across the street from a boat launch uh, on Lake Minnetonka. And at the beginning of the season, I sit out on the porch. We've got this cool kind of double-decker porch. And um, the sound carries all the way up so I can hear everybody. And there is what I call the the spring mating call of the early boaters. And it's always the same. The guy, the husband gets out of the boat or the car and wants his wife to back the, bo- the, the, the boat up so that he can jump in and, and control right. it. And it always goes the same way. It goes... Take it left. Take it left. No. Yeah, wheel to the one. right. Wheel to the right. Oh, son of a beep. I'll do it. And it is time and time yep. again. And every time we did, the first year we lived there, actually, I had a bunch of people over and we would do a shot. Every time it finished up with, son of a, I'll do it. And it happens. How about you, Jordan? What skill do you want? Any kind of musical instrument. Uh, it's one of my biggest regrets. I say, I really wish. Just I appreciate music so much, and if I could just contribute a little bit, even to my own enjoyment of music on that level, that would be, Boy, be something. I am so with you on that. That's one of the weird things. I was listening to a discussion of the strenuous life, which is learning to do things or doing things that you don't have to do. Right. And you know what? That's the perfect example. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, once again, a reminder that you're listening to Drink in the Style with me, Gregory Rich, on AM950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. We'll be back in a moment. And we'll be speaking with Crystal Gillis about pre-owned furniture, consignment, and other such topics. It's home improvement season, and you know there's lots of projects to tackle. Here's one that won't break the budget. Get your air ducts cleaned by Zero Res. They need to be cleaned every three to five years to improve your furnace and your air quality. This month, save $50 when you get your air ducts Zero Resified. Plus, this month, get three rooms of carpet Zero Res clean, starting at $139. Call 952-ZERO-RES or visit ZeroResMN.com. Zero Res, spell it backward or forward, spells the same. Hi, Gregory Rich, host of Drink in the Style, right here on AM950. If you're a small business owner like me, I know you're buried in paperwork. State tax filing, sales tax, property tax, insurance, it never ends. But what about payroll? I'd like to recommend ADP. ADP can handle all of your payroll needs, ranging from direct deposit to unemployment insurance. And they've got great local representatives as well. Why don't you give my rep, Shelby Loga, a call at 320-420-0900. Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at seward.coop. Burger Moe's is the perfect neighborhood gathering spot before and after Excel Center events or anytime. Moe is serious about burgers, offering 20 fresh, never frozen varieties. Burger Moe's also offers delicious appetizers, soups, salads, as well as unburgers, dogs, paninis, shakes, and desserts. Not to mention more than 60 beers on tap and happy hours twice daily. Burger Moe's is located at 242 West 7th Street in St. Paul with plenty of free parking and online at BurgerMoe's.com. Hi, Gregory Rich, owner of Designer Rehab Furniture Outlet and host of Drink in the Style, Sundays at 5 p.m. right here on AM 950. You can find premium quality furnishings at Designer Rehab as we speak. Rehab is accepting and selling gently used sofas, chairs, tables, and more at outstanding savings. Come check out the showroom at 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. Inventory is always changing and deals are available every day. Designer Rehab, it's only a matter of time. The fine folks at Common Good Books will help you find the perfect book for you or the book lover in your life. Find a huge selection from a locally owned and independent bookseller in the Twin Cities. They are always bringing in top authors from around the globe for special in-store events. Open Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Sundays, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Find Common Good Books at 38 South Snelling Avenue in St. Paul or shop online at commongoodbooks.com. 
With your AM950 weather, I'm Sam Turnberg. Tonight will be mostly clear with a low around 50, and tomorrow is sunny with a high near 80. Tuesday is partly sunny with a high near 74 and a chance of rain, and Wednesday there's a high of 68 with another chance of more rain. The Eat Local Minnesota Restaurant of the Week is Burger Moe's. Located in downtown St. Paul, Burger Moe's is the perfect neighborhood gathering spot before or after XL Energy events. Try their Unburger at 242 West 7th Street in St. Paul or visit them online at BurgerMoe's.com. Nothing's plenty for me. You know, I really should have a DJ because no I could just sit back and enjoy the music. Isn't that fabulous? <laughs> All right, welcome back to Drink in the Style, a one-hour conversation about interior design, aesthetics, and related subjects. We're talking with Crystal Gillis, the manager at Designer Rehab, the new consignment and pre-owned furniture store in St. Louis Park. But before we get into discussions of Designer Rehab, I'd like to take a moment to invite our listeners to visit the Rehab Showroom, which is currently occupying 50% of the store location at 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. This week, if you mention that you are a Drink in the Style listener, you can come in, you can meet Crystal, and you can get an extra 20% off all consignment and outlet merchandise in the Designer Rehab half of the showroom. And as I said, you'll be able to meet Crystal herself. She's a delightful person, a joy to work with, a joy to know. Really, I can't say enough good things. Thank you. Yeah, she's... <laughs> that, was, that was so... You played that so slow. That was awesome. All right. Before we jump into anything else, though, Jordan has an answer to the fad that he wants to come back, and I want him to tell us about it just so we can shame him. Yes. Jordan, go ahead. Please let me wear the fanny pack without being ridiculed. No. Let's bring the fanny pack back. What we need to do is give it a different name. It's doomed. As soon as you call it a fanny pack, <laughs> no 10-year-old boy could wear it. And that's when I had to stop wearing it. Uh, but I would have loved to continue wearing what I would call a utility belt. Why don't you just Let cut to the chase and have a man bag? Right, but that's not as... I don't want to have to deal with a strap over my shoulder, setting it down, forgetting it. I don't need this extra baggage. I just want a utility belt. Like a belt around <laughs> exactly. the waist. Like Batman. Like Batman. I will give you the fanny pack back if someone can figure out how to let me wear a cape without looking like a complete moron. Because that's really... You ever think about this? <laughs> if you watch movies, everybody in the past and everybody in the future gets to wear a cape. But if I were to leave the house wearing a cape, it doesn't work. Nope. All right. You get your fanny pack. I'm going to reintroduce the cape. I'll, I'll, I'll work on coming up with a new name for the fanny pack. So if we can get a new name, it might be acceptable again. All right. Fair enough. I don't think so, but fair enough. <laughs> All right. So here we are. We're going to talk a little bit now about furniture and uh, and consignment. So, Crystal, look, you have worked uh, in a couple of different fields. I know you were at Target corporate for a little while. How long? About 30 years. About 30 years, give or take. Um, <laughs> but you've worked in consignment furnishings for the last several years. Yes. Is it something you've always been interested in? How did you find your way into this industry? Retail has kind of always been in my blood. I started right out of high school and as a cashier and just kind of grew up through the company. But um, consignment, I really didn't know much about it until I was looking for furniture I couldn't find because I'm kind of a little old-fashioned or I was looking for unique or something different. And then I just started shopping around and found secondhand stores. And it's really kind of the, the fun of the hunt. You look, you look, you look, and then when you find something, it just means so much more to you, and especially if it's something that you can fix up. It's a good point. It's one of the things, you know, you give me a giant stack of cash, and I can make anything beautiful. Give me a small stack of cash and try to make something beautiful. That requires a certain amount of skill and dedication. And you appreciate it more. This is very true. Mm -hmm. So it just so happened that, you know, you, you like the hunt and furniture worked for you. Well, then there's a relationship between how I got into the consignment business. My husband works for a um, big construction company, and they display their their houses with furniture. And they had asked me one summer, they had all these excess items that they wanted to sell, and I did it through my garage sale and gave the money to the food shelf. And, really? And then one the next summer, um, I had a truckload of stuff, and I started looking at it, and I said, oh, this is just way too nice to be in a garage sale because you just really don't get the value. And so um, I had heard about 
another consignment store. And I went to look, and I said, oh, this, this really belongs here. And so I brought the truckload or trailer load of stuff over, and one thing led to another, and I got hired and have loved it ever since. And it's really fun being an employee because you get first choice of what, <laughs> <laughs> of what yeah, comes in true. the back door because it's always like, oh, this is cool, or oh, I could make this out of that, or it, it's really fun. It's almost like dumpster diving. <laughs> you know, you just <laughs> never the, know the what you're going to find. You know, it's fun. It is, and you get first dibs. It's and true. And when you own dibs. a furniture store, it's the, it's the way it is. It's mm -hmm. trucks are unloaded. You're always like, you know, showroom, 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 living room, showroom, yeah. showroom, and suddenly my wife has a brand new sofa and nobody understands where it mm -hmm. came from. Well, I mean, so what about the nature of consignment furniture? How does the consignment process work from a furniture perspective? Well, nowadays, there's a lot of downsizers or people are, um, you know, buying new homes and they want new furniture. So the first question is, what do I do with my old furniture? Mm -hmm. So um, the consignment, and it's just not in furniture. You see it in um Exercise equipment, um, outdoor furniture. I mean, all the consignment secondhand stores are popping up everywhere. So, But the way it works is you basically bring your furniture in after it's been approved through a picture, whether it be email or on a phone or something. And um, it's a split. We take markdowns periodically. And at the end, if it doesn't sell, we can donate it for you so you don't have to pick it up again. You'll get a tax slip at the end of the year. Um, or you can retrieve it if you like and do something else with it. Mm -hmm. Or mm -hmm. um, we can continue to take markdowns. But in the end, um, you either get money or you get a tax slip. So the process basically is the, the easiest way for, for uh, consumers or individuals to uh, consign their furniture is take a picture of take the goods, probably uh, multiple views and, and angles, and then either bring it in on their phone and speak with you or they could email it to you or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. What's your email address? Welcome at designerrehab.com. That was a nice plug. Didn't that go smoothly? Yeah, that was very good. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so it comes in, and then how do you go about determining the value of or uh, of the item and, and how much you're going to market at? Well, our pricing formula consists of um, the condition, the style of the item, the finish, the color, um, the original price, supply and demand, and uh, the age of the item. But in general... Um, we usually go somewhere between 25 and 35 percent of the retail, and the age of the item needs to be between one and seven years old. So just because your item is in great condition doesn't mean that it's a product that can sell because it's just really out of style. Mm -hmm. So you have to make sure that it's it's something that still that still works. That's sellable. Mm -hmm. And then so they can sign it, and you're looking at about 25, 30 uh, percent of of an item's original retail value. Original retail. And it probably makes sense for the the person who's consigning it to know how much they purchased it for. And it would help. You've mentioned that sometimes people still have the receipts for it, and they can bring it in, and that mm -hmm. makes it easy that helps. for you. Plus, you know, we're aware of what things are selling for in in the other environment of consignment shops. So. And we'll discuss the price with you. If you think that you want to get 400 out of that piece of item, that means I have to sell it for at least 800 And I know I can't get 800 So all the information we can gather is, is best to agree on a price. And so there it is. So you, you have a split then between the store and the, and the consigner. And, the consigner. Mm -hmm. and that's usually 40 50, 50. 50. So it's 50-50 at, at rehab. Correct. Overall. All right. Well, I mean, you know, so again, it's something. It's, it's not uh, it's not the original value of a of a particular item, but it's a matter of of recovering some kind of, of investment that you had made. Mm -hmm. well, what are the biggest brands that you find that are most saleable? Brands mm -hmm. or styles? Yeah, brands, um, and then brands. we can talk about styles. Well it, well, it just kind of depends. I mean, right now we carry a lot of the contemporary modern, but there's a lot of traditional out there. Mm -hmm. um, so. Brands. Is traditional still popular in the oh, consignment traditional community? is still very popular. That's your biggest group, I believe. Is it really? Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. And what about like mid-century? Is there is there an area that's particularly hot right now? Um, mid-century is very hot right now if you can find the items. But uh, yeah, assuming again that it's that is case goods, which means the wood furniture, the, the sofas, the chairs, the the. 
the double uh, double edged sword of the mid century is that mm-hmm. everybody smoked back then. So if you bring in a chair that is legitimately like mid century, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we want no stains, no smells, no. This smells like 1962 Winchester uh, cigarettes. Oh, that's nostalgic, but now I'm going to throw up. I mean, you can have a beautiful leather chair, but it smells like a cigar. It's just not going to sell. That makes all the sense in the mm-hmm. world. So when items come in um, and and you know you're appraising them, so you're taking a look at the the popularity of the item, you're taking a look at the at the style associated with it. Um, is there is there a particular uh, aspect of that furniture that you have found that is more problematic? I mean, is it strictly a matter of aesthetics? Uh, is construction really critical? Well, we want to stay in the high-end quality type brands. Um, upholstery seems to be the hardest because upholstery is wear and tear. And the sofas, chairs. Sofa chairs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. What would you say is, is the most commonly consigned piece of furniture that you've seen in your, in your years in the industry? The most commonly. Well, um, artwork is a large category because it's a very personal type of, of piece. So you have to have an assortment to try to cover all aspects of, of people's um, flavor. But um, the most popular is probably going to be dressers, bookcases, because you can take dressers and turn them into many things. You know, a sink vanity, um, a mud room um, sort of a vehicle, because right now the hottest thing going is DIY and um, up, what do you call it, upscale mm-hmm. with a lot of the chalk paint. Mm-hmm. That's going on. People are taking a lot of the old type furniture that's not really, I don't know, flavorable, so to speak, and they're painting it and and doing little tricks to it to make it more um, so pleasable. Versatile pieces that right. you can turn into something else. Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes a huge amount of sense. I mean, you know, from a the perspective of of um, dressers and side tables and end tables, you know, you can take you can take a cocktail table, for example, and you can use it as any number of pieces overall. So you're saying something that's kind of a utility player in the furniture industry is a plus, right? So like, let's say a suitcase, put some feet on it and put a class top. So oh, now you've cool got storage. Oh, brilliant! Mm-hmm. All right, let me ask you this question. All right. You've seen consignment pieces come in. You look through the consignment pieces. What is the oddest or most interesting thing that you found in a piece of consigned furniture? Well, I can't say odd, but I can say embarrassing. Um, (laughs) One of the guidelines are when the items come in, they need to be cleaned, you know, polished, ready for resale. So um, we do go through drawers and we do check sofas. But uh, one, one example was we had a nightstand come in a nightstand that goes in the bedroom and we opened a drawer and we found some personals. Oh boy, we're going into the blue. This is going and, to be the uh, blue segment of our of our show. And I'll tell you what, we never look at that couple the same way again. Because <laughs> you're always thinking about what was in that drawer. Oh, man. oh my God. All right, so the moral of the story is really check your, your nightstand. Check your nightstand. Trust her really, really yeah, carefully. Really. Oh, that's fantastic. All right. Well, we're going to cut to uh, cut to a break. And uh, when we come back, we'll be talking a little bit more with uh, Crystal Gillis at Designer Rehab. We'll talk about uh, the developments at Habitation Furnishing and Design. And we're going to finish off and possibly pour ourselves some fresh martinis. With all the convenient big box stores that sell appliances, why do so many Minnesotans choose Warner Stellion? Check online to learn that Warner Stellion is a Minnesota family-owned business for over 60 years. Warner Stellion sells more brands than anyone else, and our passionate specialists are committed to impressing you so much that you'll refer us to everyone you know. That's our mission here at Warner Stellion. Ask around, check us out online, and when it's your time to buy appliances, join over 300,000 Minnesota homeowners and choose the specialists, Warner Stellion. Goss Modern out of Toronto, Canada has crushed the Twin Cities market with their amazingly refined blend of mid-century and contemporary furniture styles. It's kind of Scandinavian, it's kind of clean, it's it's just plain cool. And the fact is that Goss Modern is an affordable 
delightful product line. We've got all of it for you to take a look at Habitation Furnishing and Design on Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. Come on in and check it out or go to GusModern.com. Hi, it's Tom Harbin. You know, Continental Diamond is special for a lot of reasons. The owners are Jimmy and Helene Pessis, a husband and wife team who had a dream to open their own store more than 30 years ago. They've built a business that is the gold standard. The readers of Minnesota Bride Magazine have named Continental Diamond the best jeweler for the last seven years. Why? Amazing, friendly, no-pressure customer service, a selection of fine diamonds and design jewelry unlike anywhere else, and the fresh-baked chocolate chip cookies are pretty great, too. Continental Diamond in St. Louis Park and at ContinentalDiamond.com. Hi, Gregory Rich, owner of Habitation Furnishing and Design and host of Drink in the Style right here on AM 950. Hey, I've only got a few seconds, so here's the deal. Habitation is the coolest furniture store in town. Not only have we got some of the most exceptional furniture in the cities, but in many cases, Habitation can offer you store credit on your existing furniture. Stop in, talk to one of our designers, and let us help you make your home exceptional. Habitation Furnishing and Design, 4317 Excelsior Boulevard in St. Louis Park. Oh no, you shattered your cell phone. Now what? Listen closely. We know you're lost without your phone. Bring it to Computer Revolution today. We'll fix it and have you back online before someone asks, where are you? Computer Revolution with Cell Phone Repair has over 18 years experience fixing computer devices. All brands, all carriers. Computer Revolution with Cell Phone Repair, located in Roseville at Highway 36 and Fairview Avenue, or call 651-633-6600. We fix phones, same day, seven days a week. Did you know that Habitation Furnishing and Design has the area's largest selection of Noir and CFC furniture? Are you familiar with them? I once had a customer describe Noir as a cross between restoration hardware and Beetlejuice. I love that. And CFC, bench-made furniture out of the heart of California, is definitionally cool. In any event, check out the lines at NoirFurnitureLA.com and then swing into the store and check them out in person. Habitation Furnishing and Design, one mile east of Highway 100 on Excelsior Boulevard. Enjoying the shade. Hey, brother, boy, the drink the drink that I have made. Hey, brother, boy, the He's here on my one and only good five friends, and don't be lonely. Hey, I need you. All right, that was a delightful cover of our program theme song, Pro, uh, Pour the Wine, courtesy of uh, The Simpsons. Nicely done, Marge Simpson, really. And uh, nicely done, Hunter, who referenced that, which I had not even realized was the case. Hunter, thank you. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> All right. Welcome back to Drink in the Style, brought to you by Habitation Furnishing and Design and Designer Rehab. We've reached the final segment of our show, and if you've enjoyed our program, I encourage you to visit us online at drinkinthestyle.com. We can download or subscribe to our podcast as well as find the recipe for Jordan's perfect martini. I'd also like to point out that uh, designerrehab.com will be up and running in the next 30 days, hopefully by the end of May, and you'll be able to see hundreds of products that are available on the Designer Rehab uh, showroom floor. Correct, Crystal? That is correct. All right. It's going to be a momentous occasion, and we're working very hard to get there, but uh, Drink in the Style is up and running. So, here in segment four, we like to give a little update on habitation in general and then open the discussion up to my guests to turn the tables a bit and ask whatever question they might have of me that uh, is more or less allowed by the FCC, or in this case, since I'm your boss, I suppose, allowed by me, uh, but I'm sure it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Nevertheless, before we jump uh, jump into that, let's, uh, let's do this week's habitation audio log, otherwise called the hay log. Does anyone like that? Haylog? I don't. I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't like it. <laughs> that was a lead balloon. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Big time. All right. Well, we aren't going to call it a haylog, but I'm going to use the word haylog again just because I wrote it in caps and I like it. All right. Fair enough. All right. This week's haylog. Three weeks into the rollout of the project, we are safely through the initial phase. Demolition, of the stru- demolition and structural review and adaptation are complete. Huge segments of concrete floor have been removed in preparation for the new restroom and kitchenette. Old drains and unused pipes are being pulled and then sealed. The stucco interior wall, which was going to provide so much character in the planned Gus Modern Gallery, has turned out to have moisture damage and may need to be removed after all. 
The construction company is going to make an effort to reinforce the wall, and if the efforts fail, it will have to go. We should know within the next few days, and while my fingers are crossed, I have limited hopes. The design and management teams are hotly debating the future of the ceiling as well. Unlike the original habitation location, the main section of the new property is wood rather than steel ceiling decking. Some team members favor painting the wood a dark gray for consistency, while others support keeping the rustic wood look. Although no one supports or, uh, a drop or sheetrock ceiling, the ultimate fate of the overhead is unclear. Once the final bits of the demolition are completed, the entire space will be power washed and we'll get a good look at the ceiling. Probably for the first time that's, uh, probably the first time that's been done in the 70-year history of the property. On the inventory side, the custom pieces that can make more that can take more than 12 weeks to produce have been ordered and confirmed. Carl and Lena continue to work on general product selection with the support of Crystal Ray and Michelle. Once that's completed, we'll be able to move forward. The entire space is beginning to take shape. Was that a good blog? Was that a I blog? like it. Right. And I can't wait. I, I know you can. <laughs> Crystal, we should point out that Crystal, who will be taking over the entire store on Excelsior Boulevard, wants us the heck out. I'm, I'm dealing with it. <laughs> <laughs> the designers, 36 different varieties of, of, uh, of mauve uh, fabric just isn't your, your, your game. No, You're enjoying it. no, thank you. All right. Well, that's the uh, that's the development, and I didn't really preface that well. I should write a better preface as we go ahead. That was a description of the build out at the new location for habitation, which is about a mile and a half north of the current location. And again, as a reminder, uh, habitation furnishing and design moves to that space, and then the existing space that you may well know and love uh, becomes designer rehab, and it becomes a tandem of two different uh, two different stores. Uh, and it's going to be absolutely fantastic. We're hoping everything is said and done by the end of June, uh, possibly a little bit sooner. In fact, Crystal really? just lit up uh, on that. And uh, and then we'll see how this, this all comes together. So, Crystal, I've been grilling you for the better part of an hour. It's your turn. What questions would you like to ask the host? If you aren't doing what you're doing now... What would you do or be? Oh, that's awesome. So you know what? I'm so glad you asked that question because I have uh, actually a great answer. Um, I have a dream business. As an entrepreneur, I've started several businesses. I've started a couple things here, a couple things there. I've been in different uh, industries. But the one industry I have not gotten into and I will before I'm all done is hearkening back to my original roots uh, in education. Now, you may or may not know no, I don't. that I was going to uh, teach college history. I was pursuing a Ph.D. in early modern and classical history, early modern European and classical history. And I had really, really wanted to, uh, to, to become an academic. Oh. Wow. Um, and I didn't. I remember I had a, a professor who... Uh, who, who always said to me, his name was Albie Michaels, uh, I assume rest in peace, but I don't know, maybe still around. Um, Albie was a great guy. He was like the quintessential uh, uh, professor. He had the, the muffled hair, he had the, the ripped up sport coat with the, uh, sh with the uh, elbow patches, and he was actually conservative. And back in those days, 25, 30 years ago, I was a conservative, believe it or not. And we can talk about that a different, a different time. Sure. I've changed. I've evolved substantially. Um, but he always used to say to me, Greg, you're never going to be happy as an academic. You make no money whatsoever, and everybody attacks you, and, and it's just not right for your temperament. So I eventually, I actually did uh, not finish the, the PhD, but I've always mm -hmm. had a love of academia. So... My dream business and the business that I will start uh, at some point is called the School of Thought. The School of Thought is going to be a private education facility. Uh, people pay right now for their kids to go to like a Sylvan Learning Center and to, you know, improve their math skills and their science skills. They already teach that in school to a certain extent. What they don't teach in any way, shape or form is philosophy and critical thinking. 
3,000 years, we have been trying to teach people how to think. And we've come up with tools of how to determine what is a good idea and what is a bad idea. And we have thrown that all to the side, which is part of why Donald Trump is now president. We may have to bleep that. I don't know. We'll leave it. Um, I want to start a, uh, a series of uh, philosophy schools that are one hour every week for students, and they can learn how to think, not what to think, not how to reduce a mathematical equation to a simple answer, but how to understand what is or is not true, what is or is not right. So there's your answer. Wow. I had no idea. That's, really? That is awesome. That Thank is just you very great. Much. That's I great. actually originally called the uh, the the concept the school of the wise, which is what they used to call coffee shops in ancient uh, in the ancient Near East and Persia and the Ottoman Empire. But there's actually a coffee shop in I think Chaska that, believe it or not, is called the school of the wise. <laughs> well, I can't take it unless people bring their kids in for some coffee instead of uh, education. Now, is this something you would do in the U.S. or are you thinking? I, Italy. You're pulling, yeah. yeah Crystal knows that I, I I intend to retire to Italy. I love Italy. I, I just love Europe in general. No, this is U.S. This must be for the United States. I, I It reminds me of a class I took in, in college was uh, pseudoscience. It was the science of thinking. And it was a lot about deductive reasoning and just how to put together your own reality and decide for yourself what, what was right. So there's there's some people that are on board with you. Well, I mean, I, I, I believe reality is reality. We mm-hmm. It's all right. People are going to hate me uh, for saying this, but the phrase I hate more than any other, well, maybe not any other, but I really hate, is your truth. Tell your truth. I'm sorry. There is no your truth. There is the truth. Mm -hmm. If we can't agree on a certain baseline of reality, we cannot discuss. It's like whenever I debate people, I always start by saying, let's define the terms. Because I can scream till I'm blue in the face, as can you, but if we don't even understand what we're talking about, if we're talking about two separate things, we'll never reach consensus, or at least understanding. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and if everyone has their own truth, no one can ever get yeah. anywhere. <laughs> oh. Fair. Was that not a deep answer? That was awesome. It was deep. Thank you very much. So the School of Thought uh, brought to you by Habitation Furnishing (laughs) and Design. (laughs) Well, we could start another business, right? (laughs) It's just a matter of time. Which, by the way, I want to point out is the the tagline for designer rehab. So it technically is designer rehab. It's only a matter of time. Which is great for both used furniture and someone who has spent a good chunk of their life avoiding rehab. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> Jordan, did you have any questions? We have a, a few extra seconds before we jump into it. Gosh. Well, we know... Um, and it can't be about the fanny pack. Can't be about the fanny pack. All right. Well, I don't have any names to help me. What is your favorite cocktail? It depends on the season. Okay. Uh, we're in spring. Okay. What we call spring, I suppose, in spring, Minnesota. Summer. <laughs> yeah, right? The, both both days or, or all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just one day. My favorite cocktail. All right. So uh, I don't have enough time to jump into this overall, but, you know, I like the taste of liquor. I simply like liquor. Mm-hmm. So, you know, having a vodka water, a gin and water, and I don't know why everybody scoffs at me when I say gin and water on the rocks or something like that, is great because, you know what? If you enjoy something, you should enjoy it on its own terms, right? Love it. If you like gin, just drink gin. It doesn't have to be a full uh, shot. Anyway, all right. Well, <laughs> that is all the time we have for this week. On behalf of our mixologist, Jordan Morris, and our guest, Crystal Gillis, and the entire team at Habitation and Designer Rehab, I'd like to wish you good luck this coming week and remind you that, in the words of Frank Sinatra, the big lesson in life, baby, is never be scared of anyone or anything. I'm Gregory Rich. Thank you for spending the hour with me, and I'll talk to you next time.